made it with herbs and spice. Roasted chicken sure is nice. Hi, buddy. Hello, David. How you doing, I am, sir? I'm a little tired, but I'm... I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. I know. With we the all help from the family it. and friends, I'm gonna make it. Well, welcome to Memphis Mondays. It is a beautiful spring afternoon. Pre-rain. Pre-rain. Yeah. You look pretty cool. You're fresh back from, uh, from Boston. I'm fresh back from uh, Yosemite. So, a quick thirty-second recap of your trip. Oh, uh, so I did the uh, Seafood Expo of North America, which is the biggest seafood show, um, I think, in the nation. And so you've got people internationally coming in and basically they are pitching their products. And I was representing Pacific Aquaculture and uh, I was cooking with Chef Drew Deckman of Deckman's in uh, the Valle. And uh, we did, I think, three composed dishes every day. We did it from Sunday, Monday, and yesterday. And we crushed it. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, yeah. nice. I'm completely wiped, but um, I, you know me, I like getting my ass kicked. And I definitely got my ass kicked. Good, good. Well, that's a good experience. And your trip? Great. You know, a little scouting run for Yosemite. Some people like you know that, you know, the Sierras are a big part of my narrative as a chef. And I draw a lot of uh, a lot of inspiration, not only uh, in, as far as cuisine goes, but mm -hmm. also spiritually and mentally from... That's where you, you kind of go to reset, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, was talking, I was talking with Taylor on the way up the hill. And I was thinking about last summer I was up there and much bigger conversation. But that's a... You know, I'm not a weekend warrior. I'm not an REI guy. I don't, you know, get up to the Sierras twice a year. You know, my family of friends up there is as important to me as any group of friends I have down mm -hmm. here in Orange County. And they certainly give me a lot of, you know, I think the things that might not obviously plug into my uh, narrative as a chef actually do plug into my narrative as a I chef I think you're there. in your element up there, bro. Yeah, so, I, you know, it makes me think about food and hospitality and family and culture and all those things that probably really should be driving what we do. And those things come from interesting places sometimes and sometimes it comes from you know talking with john cunningham who owns a pack station and sometimes it comes from simpler places so yeah it was a really good run and it was good to see the high country and yeah that's about you it you always look real very fresh when you come back i i feel you look very, very zen i, I feel think, very zen i, I honestly think zen. that's like your decompression chamber that you kind of go in and reset kind of your outlook on things and you always come back yeah. looking very relaxed yeah and you know i was we were listening to some podcasts on the way back and you know even though i have a podcast i really don't listen to that many of them you know what i mean but i'm gradually getting turned on to some cool ones and um you know the podcast realm i like doing them i just like i don't know what a lot of what other people are doing to be perfectly honest yeah um, you're not listening to podcasts for references and like how well that guy's that guy's very well polished. yeah and, and I, I should be i, I know but we, you know there was a, a, a good one about um this guy, he's written, I forget the guy's name, but he's written like 11 books in nine years. He like did PR for American Apparel and he's kind of like the guy right now. I okay. Guess. And, um, you know, he, he was talking about, you know, chasing the narrative. Like, you know, everybody's like Pac-Man. They're busy chewing up the dots and, and getting chased by the monsters and then eating the monsters. And, and he had a really good point. Like, you know, who, who put those dots out for you? Like, why are you following those dots? And when I get up in the high country, um, I realize because I'm so deeply ingrained in the culture up there for almost 25 years now uh -huh. that, you know, I, you know, a lot of the dots I end up chasing down here in the flat, as they call it, you know, mm -hmm. down off the mountain, you know, makes me question why I'm chasing those dots. You know, what, why am I striving to do the things I do? And then I get down here and I realize it's important to, to talk about the things that make me and make chefs 
chefs, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it's interesting, you know, who, who puts out those dots for you? Why are you chasing them? So yeah, it's a, it's a very, That's a very, very stoner place. reference right there. I, mean, I know, dude, what? I know. What? Who put out all these Look dabs, at you getting all bro? Deep. No, I, that's, that's a very good point. I, whoever that person is saying, that's, yeah. who put those dots there? Anyways. Anyway, so hey, let's get started on our topic this week. You know, you were relating some experiences you've had recently with some chefs that were, uh, you know, a little bit hot-headed is the wrong term, but... Uh, ego driven, you know, certainly I've had some experiences in the past year where I've been around chefs that, you know, I've either ego driven or viewed me as a threat or, you know, whatever you would want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess I'd like to dive into, is there a place for it? Does it work? Chef's ego? Chef's ego. Chef's ego. I'd I'd love to know the guy who coined, you know, that your ego is not your amigo for the first time. I'm sure it was a long time (laughs) ago. That's the first time I've heard that. That's awesome. It's it's been going around lately. I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure some beatnik poets started it way back when in the fifties. Ego is not your amigo. amigo. But yeah, I mean... uh, your thoughts, Cody. I mean, you've been around some cats that were pretty egoy. I mean, I think I've been one of those cats. I'm, I definitely have, you know, I've had to check my ego. I'm, st- I'm still checking my ego, man. You know, I'll say this about ego. Uh, I think there's a time and place. I think if you have your own self ego, like I'm the shit, it's going to push you. I would hope to realize, you know what? I, I'm, I am the shit. I've got maybe as far as like work ethic. Like, listen, I, I hold myself to a higher standard. Would that be considered ego? What do you think? It's a good question. You know my aesthetic. Like, I, you know, I'm all about learning. And my aesthetic is, is, I mean, even to put it in the most mild terms, is extremely, extremely rustic. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. Which well, I've never, never taken you for a, a, an ego-driven chef. No. It, me it, way more No, I've been around you, dude. You've driven me crazy. I mean, there, <laughs> I remember there was times, times I almost so quit, sorry. quit the retreat. I know. When I'm so sorry. Like, I know. stop telling me how to make crunch. I know, man. I, I know. Just, it's okay, dude. I get it. But, yeah, uh, yeah you know, I, I, I'm all about... The, the idea of the mindset that the more I learn, the more the more I realize how much or how little I actually know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm constantly exposed to new things. And, you know, at least for me personally, like there's times where I get touchy about certain things, like, like just get off my back. Like, yeah. Yeah, I got this figured out. But, but way more so, and even in my writing and when I speak about food with uh, people and other chefs, like, you know, I like knowing nothing. I like being the vessel for not only teaching myself, but telling other people like, hey, you don't know anything. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever made masa from scratch? You know, like, have you done this, this and this? Then you don't know anything. And and I get, I guess I get bummed out on chefs that, that think they have it figured out when they really don't. And they won't cop to the fact that they don't know what they're doing. Mm. That's the big thing mm-hmm. for me. Like, hey, no one has it figured out. Don't pretend it if you don't have it figured out. It's okay to not have it figured out. Yeah, it's, it's okay not to know. Like, especially, it's, it's, I think it's better to find someone that's more humbled by the fact, like, what, wait, what is that? What is that? What is that? Wow, that's that's awesome technique. Never seen that. And, you know, almost pay respect to the fact, like, gosh, I, I didn't know that. That's quite an amazing thing you just taught me. Yeah, and, you know, like, I want to fly to Lebanon and learn how to make flatbread in one of those big clay ovens. I don't know how to do that. Right. And I'm not going to tell some old Lebanese woman who's making that <laughs> how to make flatbread. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think, you know, the I, we circle back to Chef Travis and some other people. I've never worked with a guy. But, you know, I think really good creative executive chefs foster that culture where they let people believe in themselves and exercise what they're good at. And again I've said it before I think in one or two podcasts like I'm a Henry Ford guy I don't need to be the smartest guy in the room I just need to have smart people around me and know where to put all the pieces together. Mm. that's where the that's where the magic happens and and part of you know I, 
I've, I've been at places, and we've talked about it, where, you know, that culture of the, the higher-ups were threatened by the people below them that were actually better at their jobs than they were, which I've never felt that way. Like, in fact, the alibi where I'm going to be exec at, like, hey, if, if you think we can do something better, run it by me. You know, if I think if it fits with our aesthetic and our workflow and what we're looking for, great, let's do it. Yeah. Don't tell me how to do something that I know how to do, but if you think there's a better way to do something or you come up with an amazing special, that's great. That's my job as an executive chef is to, to let people do their thing. It's not for me to be the star of the show. You're more of a collaborator than the guy like that's on the top of the pyramid, like pointing like, you, you're going to do this, this, and this. Yeah, and, and it sounds it sounds. Late. I think there's a time and place for that, but I, I, I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's a time and place to show up and show how good you are. But you have to show how good you are at the things that you're actually good at and not things you're not good at. You know what I mean? I don't know. Perfect example. Like that Veracruz we did, the Veracruz that I executed. In Baja? In Baja. That was yeah. a great Veracruz, right? Perfect. You know, I, I can make a Veracruz to die for. But I don't know anything about cutting raw fish. I'm not going to walk over to your station and be like, what are you doing, Cody? What right. are you doing? What's it? thing where you sukabike sukabiki sukabiki like i don't know how to sukabiki a fish i don't know how to freaking shave scales off (laughs) so you know why would i why would i tell you how to do it it's more like hey how do you do that dude yeah can you show me even if i fuck one all up like yeah show me how to do it i mean what are your thoughts you you've been around it so um yeah i've worked with some really ego-driven guys um i i i feel for an ego and there's there's to me there's types of ego I think there's the ego that drives you because you have your own self ego and I think sometimes that's necessary to really like kick your ass in gear like god I'm really not I'm really not uh, at my potential right now I don't know what it is maybe physically I'm tired or mentally I'm just not you know but that that's when I think ego is is can come in handy to a chef but thinking you know everything you said is just that's not god that's how that's a hard thing to be around but I think um, to be an asshole and, and to have that be your daily thing, it God, must take so much energy to be that way. Or, I mean, maybe, and there's guys out there, I don't even think they even understand, know that they're doing it. It's just, that's how they run their lives. Um, but I will say this, like, I've learned so many awesome things from people that are uh, what we would not call chefs just guys that just you know been doing a couple things their whole life in the kitchen and they've just really got it down to a science and um never had an ego and i i feel like those are the guys that really have uh i have more fun working with those types of chefs than the guys that's just hand on the hips looking around and just telling people like that's not how you do it you know it's just it's just a, a really shitty way of, of working in a kitchen right that that's how i feel um about the chefs that just are just driven by ego, I feel like they're going to burn out and I feel like they're not cooking from a good place. That's a good point. You know, like it's not coming from a point of trying to like uh, probably more so me than you, but you're you're kind of in that zone too. Like for me, I always like that adage, the Greek adage of cooking is neither a masculine or feminine occupation. It's an act of affection. And if there's one thing I hate doing, Cody San, I hate cooking for people I don't like. Right. I fucking hate it. <laughs> yes, I know. Hate it extra. Seen You've it. seen the look on my face, yeah. dude. It drives me absolutely batshit crazy. I hate it. It's the worst feeling in the world. Because I you're think. cooking at a place, you're cooking from a place of like, 
really good intentions and love from your heart. And then there's technical chefs that are cooking from the point of just technicality. Yeah. I'm going to destroy this thing. I'm going to nail it like perfect. And they probably will as far as the plate presentation and all that. But sometimes you can taste people like they didn't put enough love in. They didn't put, you know what I mean? Like they didn't put enough like heart and soul into this dish. They're coming from a point of like a scientific, very sterile plate. I'm sure it looks amazing. I'm sure it tastes amazing. But there's that thing that you can't even put anime or whatever you want to you, call it. It yeah, just doesn't have a, a soul to the dish. It's like you can hear a song and be like, yeah, it's a great song. It's catchy, but there's not like enough soul in it, a bounce or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's one we, you know, we could talk about that. Like what makes good food, good food? Oh, it's just a whole technical different question, sense yeah. or just like from a taste perspective. I, I'm, I see chefs. I, I know tons of chefs that cook that way where it, it's just a technical, the presentation's immaculate. It's awesome. But then you go to try it and you're like, you know, your your knives are awesome and you're awesome. You're very polished and your your style is very polished. But then again, your flavors just aren't. There's just it's lacking something. And I think that's like a, an ego driven chef. That's that's from a, a technical ego, like I don't know uh, place. Yeah, and, and you know I'll I'll circle back to two things kind of real quick. The first one's being up in the mountains. You know the last couple of days and being in the Sierras and you know working up on the John Muir Trail. I, I think the, the pure crystallization of how I feel about food is I, you know, we have a hiker shuttle that leaves at 9.30 in the morning from Vermilion for the John Muir Trail hikers, you know. And I love the, the hiker that comes in at the very last minute, like, hey, dude, I need a breakfast burrito to go. And I've told you this story, like, dude, I am so psyched making that big, giant bomber breakfast burrito, knowing he's not going to eat, even eat it on premises. Yeah. But he's going to get to the other side of the lake, be hiking halfway up Silver Pass with this foil wrap burrito in his backpack and just rip over the top of that thing and just be fucking stoked, yeah. dude. Just like, you know, sitting there up, you know, on one of the switchbacks hiking up there and just ripping in this burrito. I mean, I know I made that guy's week. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the second one is, and I tell chefs this all the time, people aren't plates. You can't engineer people. You can understand them. You can massage them. You can get where they're coming from. You can use all extrapolate all kinds of wacky theories on how to deal with people. But they're not plates. You can't take this thing and do this to it and it's automatically going to do this you know it just doesn't work that way and and i and ego driven chefs like you're talking about that have amazing presentations and you know totally like land what they're doing like they're engineering their plates perfectly but they're not engineering people properly or they're trying to and that implies you can't engineer culture i mean you can like we're sitting here at memphis memphis has the best culture in orange county as far as i'm concerned and always has but that wasn't engineered. I mean, we had a rough mindset, but it just kind of rolled out in the direction it rolled out. So you're, you you can't treat culture and people like you treat a plate. And like That's I always really say, think beyond the past, all that horseshit that I preach all the time. But you just can't, you can't treat, you can't look at a plate and engineer and make it perfect and then look at the chef and go, okay, I want you to be like this plate because it's apples and oranges. It just doesn't work that way. Very good. That was really good. I can't even follow that up. Wow. That was really well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I try, Cody. Yeah. So every time you get back from the mountains, man, you're just on another, you're on another little frequency. Well, I think, you know, I, I, I like, I like being in that headspace. It's <laughs> nice being not hung over for once. So yeah, it <laughs> certainly helps quite a bit, but yeah, that, you know, that idea of, of, of ego, it, you know, a sort of, again, to, to be on the flip side of this coin, like you knew you did really well after a recent event when the chef, even though he was a little bit standoffish and to be honest, kind of a jerk, when he came to you at the end, it was like, hey dude, you crushed it. You know what I mean? Like, 
in that sense, having an ego is almost kind of a positive thing, you know, because that's that's when you know you've done really well. Like the guy doesn't even talk to you at the end of something, then you're like, oh shit. But if he comes up to you and talk about your experience coming up with the discipline of Japanese chefs, not that that's ego, but that's being a jerk by Western standards. Yeah, um, I, they just have their expectations. They're the bar that they set for themselves and everybody is just really, really high. I almost, I almost think it's just, it's kind of stupid um, to, to push yourself that much, but the results they get, I mean, the results they got of me, they took a, you know, a 18 year old kid, long hair, you know, just green in all, in all sense, just a total green kid. And they, they just really beat a, a work ethic into me that I, you know, I, I got to look back and go, shit, man, I, I, Yes, I got, you know, berated every day and smacked in the back of the head and, and you know, told me I was never going to be good enough. But it pushed me really, really hard. And, uh, you know, for a long time when I, I would say, graduated from my apprenticeship, um, I had my head really high because I was working with guys that weren't, didn't come from where I was coming from. We, we are, yes, we worked at the same restaurant. Yes, we were both technically sushi chefs, but I was doing something um, a little bit more efficient efficiency, of course, you know, it's my, my thing. Um, and I, you know, I was coming from a place of ego cause I thought, oh, my, my shits doesn't stink. I'm crushing it. But then again, those guys were faster than me and they could handle more tickets than me. So it, it, then it started, it started humbling like, wow. But then they were all in cocaine. <laughs> so once uh, I figured that out, I was like, well, yeah. no wonder that guy's putting out so much food. Um, but yeah, I was coming, I would say probably, uh, a third of my career was very ego driven. And I don't even know what was that was about. I just, maybe because I, I came from a place where the bar was set so high that it pushed me to, to be a certain way. And by being in that certain way, I thought I was just the shit. Because I wasn't, I was maybe the best guy in the room and that'll do things to you a little bit. You shouldn't be the best guy in the room. You should be in the room with guys better than yourself to push you. And for a while I was the best guy in the room and it didn't do good things for me. It, it made me feel like I was superior and had more te which technique, which I did. My rice was better, my fish cuts was better, my presentation was better, but um, it didn't do anything good for me as far as becoming a better chef. It just kind of fed the ego, fed the ego, fed the ego. And I started needing to hear people tell me how good my food was. And I wasn't cooking for them i was cooking for myself yeah and, that's, and that that's was bad pretty, that's pretty sketchy that was, that was pretty bad yeah. and I, I i you know eventually got over that um and uh yeah i i i hope to god i'm not like that anymore uh, i don't i don't subscribe to that um that way of thinking anymore and i worked with chefs you know now and then i'm like wow god it must be hard to be in that mindset every day it must be so tiring to just not be cooking out of a place of love yeah. and really wanting to make good food to make people stoked. Well, and, and not only that, but I, I was just thinking about, you know, that idea of, of people aren't plates and chefs aren't plates. And if in your head as a chef, if you're trying to engineer the people around you, like you engineer plates, like that's just a recipe for frustration 100% of the time. Yeah period and I, I would imagine the amount of energy you have to expend to engineer people like you engineer food I mean, you're you're just literally throwing throwing your spirit down a yeah. big giant it's empty just, hole it's uphill the whole way yeah there's just no payoff to that yeah. and and that kind of gets into the the mindset of you know 
again, the why of what we do. You know, why do you cook? Why do I cook? I, I hammer that to people all the time. Why do you bartend? Why do you wait tables? Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do this? Again, we were talking about, you know, who sets up those Pac-Man dots for us to eat every day? Mm -hmm. You know, why are we doing what we're doing? And is it making us truly happy? And I think some chefs that don't understand why they're doing it, they're doing it because of ego or because it's a paycheck or because, you know, they have some deep insecurity that they have to prove they're good at something. Those are all really bad reasons to cook. Yeah. They're the, well, the worst reasons ever. You, in fact, you shouldn't be doing it. Go be a real estate agent. Be something else. Right. But, you know, we're talking about bigger human flaws than than just us as chefs. We're talking about, you know, soul-seeking. and totally. empty, empty places in yourself and deep, dark corners that you're not really willing to look at. Yeah, you know? like a nerve you haven't tapped yet. Like, you really haven't opened up yourself and feel like, why am I coming from this place? Yeah, and, and you know, that's introspection. And, again, I, you know, most chefs I know... Uh, don't have a lot of introspection. You know, they don't really think about what they, they're good at their jobs, mm -hmm. you know. But I don't think most chefs that I'm aware of have that introspection to to really look at themselves. And I get that a lot of it's operational. If you're busy as, as a chef, you don't have a lot of time to freaking chill the f out and think about doing what you're doing. But if you do have that time, I think it is a it's an investment in your future, you know. And hopefully, you get to that point where I mean, let's face facts, Cody. Like we're we're kind of coming into cool parts of our career where we're sitting here doing a podcast we're talking about this stuff we have a message we have the experience underneath us to make our observations hopefully relevant yeah you know so this is just the fact that we're sitting here doing this is something that a lot of chefs don't get to do well we're, we're a lot older yeah we <laughs> are a lot older yeah, we're, exactly. we're, we're those old chefs now that you know we're not on our feet 16 hours a day with the pan in our hand anymore which we're, we're not we're not those guys anymore thank god thank god yeah absolutely. um yeah, and it's time for reflection and, and to like what share what we've seen and what we've learned and, and how we wish we were when we were younger. Yeah. You know, I think about, God, if I just would have learned that at, at 25, God damn, I would have been such a better chef. Maybe I'd be farther in my career. But whatever I've done has gotten me to here. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and you're aware of my journey this year. And there's been a lot of reflection, a lot of reflection in, in, in the path of my life. But everything that I've done has gotten me here, and I'm pretty stoked right yeah, now. You know, yeah. like it, that, that idea that you have to have it all figured out at a particular time doesn't read with me because it all feeds to your narrative in the long term, whether as a person or as a chef. But maybe that's where I'll wrap out on, you know, maybe when you think of yourself as a chef, uh, the, the biggest advice I would give to a younger chef that's coming up right now that might be heading into that ego zone is, Understand, understand yourself as a person first and a chef second. That's going to play to the long game. In your why career. do you want to do it? Come from the place of why, who you're cooking for, not just yourself. Because as in essence, you're, you're basically, someone's putting your creation, your thing into their body and, and make sure like they're getting the heart and soul and the why of what you're doing. It'll taste better in the long run. Like if people can taste the love that you put into it, you're already halfway there. Like it's, you know, you got your, your salt, you know, your, your citrus. There's all, there's only so many taste components that'll make a dish, right? That's really what it is scientifically broken down, but there's that thing, that soul, that one thing that you can't really quite place on it. That, that's something you can, you don't even meet the person. You can just tell someone put a lot of love into this dish. And so that's, if I could tell any, any young chef, like just make sure you're putting your soul into your, into your food. Cause you can't like, that's one thing you can't replicate in a laboratory, right? 
Yeah, and you can't write it down on a piece of paper either. Right. Yeah. And you, what's, what's your, you have a really good quote. Pretense is a what? Horrible garnish? Oh, uh, da, 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 da. good company is the best ingredient and pretense makes a lousy garnish. Yeah. You know, and I do feel that way. You yeah. know, I'd rather, I'd rather eat a, it's that Humphrey Bogart quote. It's one of my favorite, actually my favorite Humphrey Bogart quote. He said, uh, a hot dog at the park is better than steak at the Ritz. You know, it's the truth, man. It's yeah. like, uh, just, uh, That's just soul. It's just a, a feeling, a general feeling of just, you know, being present and, and being aware that, you, you know, what we do as chefs is we cook for people. Yeah. That's, that's really what we do. And, and our job is to make those people stoked. And if you hate the people you're cooking for, like you just oh, said, dude, yeah, it's, not, it's just not a good way. It's not a good place to come from. So, yeah, and if, and if not only hate, but, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I know I've, I'm circling back to this again, but, you know, I've worked with chefs that like look down on their clients. Like these people are idiots. And you're like, that's the wrong people to, reason to cook for. You already it. failed. Yeah, you, you already failed those people. No, you failed coming right out the gate. Yeah. You literally you literally just tripped over everything in the world as soon as you stepped out yeah. there. Well, so. you're in the wrong job if you look at the people like that. Yeah, and you know, I, I talk about the service industry all the time. Like, yeah, you know, the service industry will make you hate people. Cody. Yes, it will. It will make you hate people. It won't make you hate people as individuals, but it will make you hate the concept of people. <laughs> I get it. You're you know what right. I mean? Like, I don't... But if, if you... If you and I get it. People drive me crazy being a chef and a bartender and everything else I've landed in. But they're the only people we've got. Right. So you got to be nice. You still have to have people show up. You got to have your fans pay the money to come and, and so you can do your art. Yeah. If there's no fans. There's no people in the audience. Then there's no show to put on. Yeah. And, and if I there's guess no could, show to put on. Then there's no job to have. Yeah. And I guess you could like you know pull that soup Nazi thing where you're like mean to everyone and they just lap it up with a spoon and come back but that's never worked for me and I've never seen it work in a long term plan yeah. so yeah. kind of is what it is well Cody San thank you for taking time out of your busy busy day fresh back from Boston I know you look I'm so tired dude I've I've known you almost a quarter of a century <laughs> you look pretty beat up dude. yeah, yeah. well jet lag a little physically physically tired I haven't gotten to the mental I haven't even unpacked mentally what I just did on this trip um but I look forward to it because I learned a lot. I really learned a lot about the seafood industry. I mean, I could talk about that all day, but that's another that's another topic. But uh, it was a, a really good experience. A nice. Really good experience. A really good experience, and really um, consumerism sometimes really scares me. How much stuff we're pulling out of the ocean. If I could give you like a, a takeaway from that is we're pulling a shitload of stuff out of the ocean. And we got to get our shit back together and, and think about why we're pulling so much out and, and if there's going to be enough to to feed all of us the rest of the time because it's a lot of shit I saw. I, I, I would imagine so, but that's let's let's save that's that, another yeah yeah. Let's yeah. save that one for the next one because that's actually something I didn't know very much about and I'd I'd like to hear about it. I'm sure our listeners would like to know more, know more too. Cool. Well, thanks for jumping in on this Memphis Mondays. It's a beautiful day here. I think it I'm, is. I'm going to go home and prep for this event I have tomorrow. It's good for you. Fun. Good and I'm going to go. Uh, you, should not, have, you should have a big old bong rip, dude. Just uh, get stony below. I'm going to get my sauna. Up. I'm just going to just sweat everything. Sweat all the demons out. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're if you're uh, in the industry, we hope you have the day off on this beautiful Monday. Uh, go out, relax, get <laughs> wasted. Go get wasted. Go to. Go to El Ranchito or El Matador down here in Newport Beach and just get tanked up. Or Zubies. Up. Or just go to Zubies. Zubies. Yeah. Zubies sounds really good. Zubies does sound good, actually. And uh, Cody San, if they do have the day off, what else should they if, be doing? If you have time, sharpen your knives. Sharpen your really, knives. Really, seriously, because I did before my trip, and it made me so happy to work with really good tools. I think I'll sharpen my knives today. Good for you, sir. Thanks for jumping on this one, folks. Catch you next time. What's that good?
I can't wait no more I'll tear the meat right off the bone Cause the chicken eater Is on his way back home Kenny Rogers O'Rooney